Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff text me 949-415-6256 please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book the comprehensive guide to clinical research it's been selling really well getting very well received by the community thank you guys so much for that also check out the youtube member page join this channel to get perks that's my youtube uh, membership it's 10 bucks a month you get a monthly mastermind exclusively it's a zoom call every month with other youtube members uh, you also get weekly videos exclusive to the youtube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences so check that out really means a lot to me and thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show Guru Nation, how's it going? Welcome back to another video, podcast, however you're consuming. Thank you. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share wherever you are. This is It's always special when you have CRA Academy alumni on that are doing things in the industry. We have a student from our October 2019 class. All right, that's pre-COVID class. You took our class in a different world than where we are now, but we have Corwin, Corwin Belfield, uh, Belfield, sorry. He joined our October CRA Academy class. When did you get your first job? Like it was during the class, if I remember Um, correctly? No, shortly after, I'm going to say, no, it was actually May of... 21 so oh time yeah so some time it uh you know i started the course pre-pandemic uh but pretty much ended in the pandemic so (laughs) things were you know really yeah things were really different um a lot of you know companies are really trying to figure out what they're going to do you know what does their manpower look like what does that job description look like um as well so it was a bit of a bit of a process I remember that um, companies, all side CROs, everybody was scrambling and not just in our industry, but in every industry, they were scrambling to figure out what's going to happen. So between like March 2020 and I want to say May, like that two month period, like nothing was happening. But then it just took off like a hockey stick, you know, like like this. And I don't know how we didn't predict that. I mean who do you think is going to help this pandemic? Like what industry 
is in a better position to actually help out during the pandemic than clinical research, whether it's vaccines, treatments, whatever it may be. Yes. Like we were positioned and we needed more people. We were short staffed prior to that. Now we're adding all these other studies. So, wow, that must have been like a kind of a turbulent time for you. What was going through your head? Because October 2019, you started. So it's a three month course, October, November, December, take a month for holidays. So January, February, February, you probably started like the internship, right? Mm -hmm. And then the bottom fell out like just the world completely changed. Yeah. You know, the um, the cool thing is with prior experience, um, you know, the interview process, I think, I you know, it just kind of shifted. So it shifted um, from what I can recall to there being expectation, you know, with the travel um, and really being remote was really only meant for, you know, home office purposes to where you saw the shift in the interviewing process and, and, you know, the CRA role as companies were able to, you know, make that adjustment. Um, You know, once I think it it was seen that the pandemic really wasn't going away, there's people that still need to show up to, to, to sites. There's people that still need treatment. Um, so we need to figure that out. And it's not something where um, the world can afford to wait, you know, six months, a year, two years, five years to make an adjustment. Um, so with that, you know, um, having the ability to work remotely, having the technology, um, I think was always there. Um, I think that it was just being brought along slowly. Um, a lot of my conversations would involve, you know, from prior experience um, to really it's a, it's a on-site um, sort of position to how do you feel about remote work? Um, so I think companies were just trying to get a feel for, you know, are you going to say take those same principles um, that, you know, a CRA uh, should apply on site um, and in a preparation? And can you still apply that, you know, in that? 100 or 90 percent kind of remote role um and i think that um companies have seen and and cras have been able to adjust to that um and that's why you may see a bit more of a a smoother transition in this in this industry where it becomes we're still meeting the needs you know of our of our subjects and individuals that are looking for uh treatments and and have that expectation um you know to to be able to transition and make it as smooth as possible you know, as we as we transition 2022 and moving forward. Yeah, that's a good point, because the industry did. I mean, it's a little bit starting to go back and we're going to get into because you've been a CRA now twice for two different companies since then. We're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to get into a lot of the the topics around, you know, being a CRA in the 2022 world. But uh, you bring up a good point because your class was the last class uh, in the CRA Academy, it was the last class where we actually had students come in, even to this day, like physically come in to do the internship. We completely changed our internship at that point to do 100% virtual. And that's actually, initially, it sounds like, all right, that's something you had to do. But the way you just broke it down, I can, I, I concur, you know, it's a, it's a skill set now that we're actually teaching as part of the course, like how do you manage remote workforce? How do you manage your workflow when you're working from home? Now, every single intern that comes through our program can answer that. At least they have something practical to answer with and not just some theoretical thing 
that the recruiter yes. can tell, okay, this person has no idea. They just read about this in a book. So I remember the last two, stu- <laughs> there were two students came together from your class. I never got a chance to meet you because you didn't get a chance to come because correct the world fell apart. Right, uh, at that. I was, I remember those two students came, I, there's still videos on them. And we were talking about the pandemic and we were wearing gloves to go through <laughs> the the source docs. Like yes. I gave them gloves. I'm like, put these on. We don't know what's happening. You know, we're at the site. And I just want to make sure like you're protected when you're going through these source docs. And then, but at the same time, I was like, ah, oh, this will be over in like two weeks. You know, I'm not worried. Yeah. And yeah. just two years later, it's still yeah. not over. You know, people are just, people are over it, but it's, it's not over. Correct. So man, that's such a crazy uh, okay, so what happened? So you did the remote internship, breast cancer, right? Mm-hmm. What? How many reports did you do? Like, what? How was that process for you? Um, can you just kind of walk us through a little bit of that of your internship experience? Um, you know, again, kind of with my internship experience, I think is uh, you kind of hit the, the nail on the head. Um, it wasn't in person, um, but it wasn't really a remote platform uh, for that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what it what it did for me was help me to understand where to go and where to go and find information, um, you know, uh, different servers, different software, uh, you know, ETMF, uh, you know, uh, all these all these different areas where you just go, um, you know, private servers, you know, to to get uh, access uh, to information. Um, I think that was the biggest deal because I was expecting to, you know, be on site, uh, physically see and touch. Um, whereas for certain things, I still do print because I, I, I think that it's really good to kind of get your eyes on, on pen and paper sometimes. So um, when you're talking about uh, some protocol summaries or some monitoring plans, um, even reading prior uh, IMVs, I think it's important sometimes to really get, you know, uh, you know your eyes on that physical document. Uh, that's how I am. Um, and I like to keep those you know, on my laptop. So if I need to pull those up really quickly um, for reference, uh, my eyes at least can adjust to it and get to it quickly. But during that time, um, I was still doing a lot of printing. I would say that. Well, yeah, me too. I still do it to this day. Uh, we're getting more used to it. My One of my sites completely switched to eSource. So I'm I'm the main coordinator until I can hire someone. And we're in a labor shortage, man, especially in an underserved place like Yuma, Arizona. I'm not going to find somebody for a while at this rate. So I'm, you yeah. know, I'm back in the trenches doing coordinating. Um, but we've, we're e-source now, e-source, e-reg. And I think it's just a new world that we're in. We're going to get to your, how you got your first CRA role and then how it's so much easier to get your second one. But pre, pre-CRA Academy, what's your background and what attracted you to clinical research? Um, you know, pre-clinical research, um, you know, I tell people I was actually managing uh, group homes for adults with disabilities. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, that was a really easy segue into me joining a clinical research field um, when I did. Um, I was really green and, and I'll say that the academy uh, really helped me to fine tune my skills. 
so that I could be, uh, you know, more attractive um, to potential employers, you know, as I gained more experience coming out of that. But coming out of the nonprofit sector, uh, it was run pretty much how you would run a site. Um, and you could, and, and I've spoken to a lot of that experience when I do interview sometimes, because the way that it's broken down, if you just take uh, one individual home that has five people with a disability living in it, you're probably going to have, or I'm probably going to have uh, four to six staff that are working on a 24-hour rotational basis. Um, that is subsidized through the state. Um, there may be some federal funding. So guess what? They still want to make sure that the job is being done. They still want to make sure that the people in the home are being taken care of. Uh, so we had an actual regulatory binder. Uh, we had med binders. Uh, we had daily activity binders. Uh, we had nutritional binders. Um, everyone has their uh, individual habilitation plan. So uh, those, those things had to be followed. Um, so for me, um, not only was I managing um, the home, you know, plus uh, uh, seven, because I had a, you know, portfolio, much like the CRA would have. So you're managing, I would say that the coordinator is my house lead. You know, that's the, the go-to person that I go to make sure that the books and are taken care of and, and people are in position to get uh, residents to doctor's appointments, to recreation events, to work. Um, and then you have your uh, lead uh, person that would be in the home that was more of a, a more of a take charge with recreational things or appointments. Um, you know, I'm still going to be conversing with them on a daily basis to make sure that all documentation um, is complete and accurate uh, before their shift is over. When they're coming in, it's like reading an IMV from three months ago. You're going to you're going to read that and you're going to be current with today's events. So uh, much like a CRA. Um, obviously not as intense, but we are in charge of people's lives. Um, at the end of the day, we're making sure that we're being true to what we're saying we're going to do and the service that we're going to provide. Uh, else the state comes in, audits you and says, you're not doing this. We want our money back. Um, and by the way, we'll be back in six months to make sure that this is taken care of Else, We're going to have some issues. So I know some, I remember our phone call now before you joined the CRA Academy, because you mentioned that you mentioned the group home and I had I started in research in uh, psychiatric trials, so mm -hmm. I've I was pretty familiar with group homes, assisted living, sober livings, room and boards. I would go to all these places yes. to recruit patients for our studies. So I met a lot of people right. like you, Cor, when they were managing those homes. I had to talk to them about research, and uh, so I remember that phone call. And you're right, like transferable skills. Did that come up during your interview? Like, what did they focus on during your first interview? Uh, well, during my first interview was really more, uh, you know, behavioral uh, focused um, with the role. So, um, you know, from prior clinical experience and also with, uh, you know, my prior nonprofit experience, um, those things for me really are interchangeable. So it was more about, uh, you know, working on the pressure, meeting deadlines, the, you know, the usual, how would you handle a, a, you know, a difficult situation, give an example of those things, um, you know, was my, my first interview. That was a, coming out of that, uh, prior to this new role, it was a contract role. So it was something different. I hadn't experienced before. Contra. Okay. Now we'll get to the second role and we'll get to your experiences with that 
first role that you had a contract CRA role, but um, what was it like to get that job? That first one, like, uh, cause a lot of people, I want to get your story because a lot of people I think give up too soon mm-hmm. and get frustrated and take rejection or employers just ignoring their resume, which is more likely than rejection, like 80% of the time. They take that personally. How did you take these? Like, how did you go through that journey? Um, I would say that the benefit for me is I was not in a position where I felt rushed. Um, I think for those who may feel rushed or they you know, don't have anything going on at that current moment, I think time moves differently for them. Uh, whereas I, you know, just wanted to make sure I was the best version of myself and, and could be able to present myself in that light. Um, that position did come directly through, uh, like a, an agency. Okay. So, you know, so I was able to at least build a rapport on the front end, um, and give them something kind of tangible that they could, they could take back, uh, you know, to the employer and, and really kind of, uh, speak highly. Um, to the to the skill set and, and obviously to what I potentially could bring to the table um, based on the study and based on the current team and, and current needs. Uh, so, yes, it, it was a while. I mean, um, to kind of get to something I wanted six to eight months, you know, okay. um, you know, uh, is what your what my experience was um, with that. Uh, but it seems like you had the proper expectations. Like, how did you because most people think, all right, well. The industry is in such demand. There must be something wrong with me if I'm applying to 20 jobs and I don't hear back from anybody. Yeah. I want to give up. What was your experience? Like how many? Six to eight months is not a short amount of time, especially after you're just coming out of a CRA academy. Yeah. I mean, there's times you can see where, you know, there may have been 250 applicants um, and, you know, the job was only open for three days. Um, wow. So, you, you know, so uh, there's competition out there, but, um, you know, you're not always going to be seen, uh, you know, that first go around. Uh, there's there, you know, there are a lot of qualified candidates. And then sometimes it comes down to relationships too, uh, just like any sector, uh, building, you know, building relationships, maintaining relationships, um, having prior relationships are very important as well. Um, so for me, I, but also, I'll say this, I just wasn't applying just to apply. Um, you were strategic about it. Yes. So, you know, I, I did take the time to read not only the job description, but I want to read about the company too. What exactly are you doing? Does that seem like something that would actually fit what I would be interested in um, as well? Uh, so I, yeah. I just wasn't kind of throwing darts. Um, I remember. Yeah. I remember now because you were like emailing me. I think you were also messaging me on Twitter, just or email, text, like, "Hey, you know, this job is this one. What do you think about this one?" And I was like, oh, yeah. "Just get, yeah. just get your first job. Just get any, just get a job in the industry. Once you're in, it's easy to move up. But you got a CRA contract, CRA in your first go round. So, what was that interview like? How did that? Were you nervous?" What did they ask you? Did the CRA Academy internship ever come up? Transferable skills ever come up? Go, walk me through that first one. That first one's so tough. 
Uh, it wasn't my first one. I'll tell oh. you that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, you know, kind of crashed and burned on a few interviews. Um, interviews. Yes. Okay. Um, so uh, this one again, I, I think I just had to be confident in, in who I was and in, in you know in my skill um, and obviously what I bring to the table and not trying to uh, fit myself into how I'm observing the interviewer. So I just became, I, you know, I just got comfortable being myself. But what do you mean crash and burn? You said you crash and burn before this interview. A few just other super nervous, just super nervous, uh, feeling like I had to have the perfect answers. Um, so you can tell you didn't do good right oh, away. I, I knew I wasn't doing, I knew I wasn't doing well. Um, you know, taking extra sips of water and you know, kind of wiping <laughs> the brow a little bit. Um, as oh, well. man. Yeah. Because a lot of times we feel like we didn't do well, but it's not accurate but in your case you said you, you I mean I just felt like maybe it was you know <laughs> uh, uh, but that, you know that that's just how I'm kind of how I felt um, you know in, in terms of the interview process um, it was very welcoming um, they were very uh, insightful on the study where the study was what my role would be um, you know and how I'd would be contributing, uh, you know, to that, to that role. Um, and I, you know, I do know that, uh, you know, I was able to hit all of those, all of those buckets. So, um, you know, it worked out on both ends. Did the, did the, so for this contract CRA role that you got your first job that you got in the industry, did the CRA Academy internship ever come up or did they not ask much about that? Uh, no, it wasn't anything that came up. Wow. So they just liked your resume and said, you know what, let's go. Like we're ready to roll with you. Yeah. And it's a small, it was a small CRO or a small sponsor. The first sponsor, one. small mm -hmm. sponsor. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And now you are in a small sponsor as well. Another small sponsor. Right. Awesome. Yes. So your first job, what what did you do? What was your daily responsibility? What's a day like for Corwin as a brand new contract CRA? Typical well, it, day. It, it, it kind of transformed. Um, I initially came on with really one job task. Um, and that was just uh, filtering through and, and um, I guess, compartmentalizing different uh, images, uh, MRI images, x-rays, things of that nature. Um, there was a severe backlog. Uh, so that was what I was doing for, for a while. Um, kind of got thrown into the fire uh, excitedly. Um, I'm gonna say July of 2021, uh, kind of got thrown in the fire. Uh, there was some turnover. Uh, so it literally was uh, overnight, um, I went from just really that simplified role to to managing uh, a number of sites. We'll say um, a good number of sites. There was there was not uh, time really for a transition uh, meeting. Uh, the yeah. person was leaving. You know, the person was leaving. Um, so kind of trial by fire, but it, it worked out. That's what I love about these smaller companies. Whether it's a smaller CRO, smaller site, smaller sponsor, you can. It's, it's a little more like it's a different skill set needed to, to thrive because there are some people who 
without getting into too many details, who would have been put in that situation, like you said, thrown into the fire, that would not have been so happy with that. You know, a lot of people want structure, stability. Mm -hmm. When you work at smaller companies, you don't have that. But the upside is you're going to get promoted fast because people leave from these small companies for whatever reason. They move on or, or the small company grows. They become bigger. It's a lot easier to go from a small company to a mid-sized company than it is for an Ikevia to grow one order of magnitude bigger. So yes. you're more likely going to be living through that. And you got to be ready like Corwin was, you know. So we talked before we started recording about our disdain for some of these bigger corporations, whether it's Site Zero sponsor. Like I, I have a little bit of experiences working either as a contractor or just very closely with some of these big organizations. And if that's going to be your first job, that's fine. But if you can avoid that. Right. And that seemed to be your strategy as well. Where did you get that strategy? Because you were very strategic with the jobs that you were applying for. So what what made you avoid some of these big CROs? Yeah, just my own experience and, and uh, people that I know personally that I've, you know, had dinner with that work <laughs> for ah, the companies. Word of mouth, guys. Yes. Negative word of mouth. <laughs> You know, I, I don't even, I mean, they're still working. I, I wouldn't even kind of classify it as negative. Uh, they just were able to give a perspective, right? Uh, so they were able to give a perspective that I knew that I wouldn't want. Um, you know, so what that does is that saves me, that saves the employee, that saves so much time. Um, you know, when, when you can kind of gather a perspective, see the real day to day, it's not like they were making it up. I mean, I actually saw it. You know, so I'm like, you know, that's, that's just not for me. Uh, what were like know. two things that turned you off from from that from those type of organizations that they told you? Because you learn from others' experience. That's a very smart thing to do. But what were the like one or two things that you heard and you're like, okay, no, no way, no way am I gonna ever work there? Yeah, I mean, um, not even from them. I'll just say, even in in an interview process just hearing the words, um, how time frames are reporting, time frames are fluid and can change at any moment. So if you're going into a situation where you feel you'll have 30 days uh, to get a final report in and two weeks to get your, you know, your rough draft, but that could be escalated based on demand to five days and 14 days uh, respectively, you know, you're saying those words and you have to listen. Um, so you're telling me, uh, right off the bat, I mean, we could tell you to have a report in in, in five days final, or, you know, it could be 30, um, just depends on on demand. So right there, when you talk about structure and you, and you talk about consistency, uh, yes, there's change in business all the time, but something like that, I think is pretty important because when you're setting your, your travel up and you're setting your dates up, well, now you're literally are factoring in uh, the only way this is going to happen is if I stay maybe an extra afternoon to, to, to start getting this report done um, and take a red eye in the morning because instead of being home, you know, a full two days, well, maybe I'll be home a day, uh, but, but I'm back right back on the road because you know you have to get that draft going and those things take time. Um, I got to give you props, man. Big time credit because not a lot of people 
in your position who are eager to get their first real CRA role would listen to the interviewer, like to that degree, you know, it's not just superficial listening what you did. You were analyzing in real time what they're telling you. You were looking at the semantics of the words, fluid. <laughs> to you, those were red flags. To somebody brand new wanting to start out, they're like, oh, okay, I don't care. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You, I, I do. You're a good listener. I do. Uh, you know, I, I, I attribute that to having, um, you know, the experience, but all, you know, just experience in different, just different areas. Um, and, you know, not to throw age out there, but, you know, been out there for a while um, <laughs> and having, you know, different conversations uh, as well and, and getting into it. You know, I've had roles where I think we've all had positions where we were told one thing totally. Um, and you start day one and day 30, you're like, where am I? You know, how did they ever pull the wool over my eyes like this? Um, and like I said, that's time, that's, that's time wasted, mm. that's money wasted. Uh, and that's just really not the position that I wanted to put myself in. We both have gray in the beard and the, <laughs> there comes experience like that. I, in my twenties and even in my early thirties, I, I was naive, like, from a site perspective, like when sponsors would tell me things or like even CRO, you know how I have like a CRO, that project that uh, that we did in the CRA Academy, that's through my CRO. Mm -hmm. It's a very boutique CRO. It's basically a part-time thing for me, but we just turned down a big phase one project because now I'm old enough and why I guess experienced enough to hear, like you said, I listened, I had a Zoom just like we're doing now earlier this week with the medical monitor for for us for a, a sponsor that wanted to give us a project as a CRO. Mm -hmm. And I heard a lot of things and shout out to Carla, who's my business partner on this. She heard even more because she's all she does is phase one. She heard a lot of things that made her think to okay, we, this is not something we want to do. So I think what you just yeah. what you just detailed, whether it's a job seeker or somebody who's a entrepreneur in this space, experience, but also like train yourself to read between the lines, train yourself to listen, because it's gonna eventually uh, pay off. And for someone like Corwin, look, your life—I don't know—we can't, we'll never know. But I think your career would have been different if your first job was let's say an in-house CRA with Ikevia. And that's not saying anything, but like, if that's your job at Ikevia, good, go get that one. If that's your first one you can get, go get it. But there's a difference between being a CRA for a small sponsor where you grow quickly versus being just another part of a machine mm -hmm. in a large corporate entity, which transacts like, it's just numbers. Yeah. What do you think? Like you knew this going in. You knew this. Um, yeah, I, was, I mean, I was just able to quantify that just based on prior corporate experience uh, coming out of college. I remember coming out of college, I would say, man, I, I want to work for a company that has, you know, a large company that has two last names, you know. Uh, last you know, name. <laughs> you know, you know. Alexa uh, Smith Klein. <laughs> Johnson and Johnson, just, but, you know, and, and uh, because that is what, but also I'm from the Northeast. I'm from, you know, originally from, from New Jersey. So, ah, okay. Okay. you know, you know, big, big buildings, you know, bright lights. Uh, so that's what you saw. 
uh, and that's what looked, you know, for me, that's what looked attractive. But uh, when I actually were able to get into into some roles, I'm like, this is just not who I am um, at all. Um, so kind of, you know, fast forward uh, to where we are today, you know, what my uh, experience has been, but also I've been fortunate enough to kind of, if you will, you know, pick where I want to be. Um, you know, as well. So I'm coming into a situation where I'm, you know, really excited, um, you know, really excited to get to know, you know, my team and, and leadership on, you know, that first name basis, um, you know, that's as well. Big time. And, you know, that's really appealing to me, um, you know, uh, playing sports, growing up playing sports, playing college baseball, things like that. Like you, you, you want to know baseball in college, you want to know that you're impactful. Yeah. Long time ago. That's awesome, uh, man. But you want to know you're impactful. You want to know that and you want to be able to see your your contributions and, um, you know, and kind of pull up, pull up uh, the rear whenever that may need, you know, need to be done. Um, and then you just kind of circle the wagon and, and pull from the front, pull from the back sometimes. Um, so that's attractive to me. Um, I like to know people and working in industry where, you you know, you're you're nowhere near knowing the CEO or the VP or, uh, you know, even the, you know, say a regional, you know, manager doesn't even know your, you know, your, your first name. Uh, that wasn't attractive to me. Um, and so I, you know, I was able to make some decisions. I know exactly what you mean. When I first started in this space at my site, I had, I would talk to every CRA that came through because I'm just absorbed. This was before YouTube. I didn't, we didn't have, you know, interviews like this. You learn from interviewing when your monitor came in real, in real life, like, Hey, how do you like working for Ikevia? And I, I'm not picking on Ikevia. They're the biggest um, CRO in the industry, but we had a CRA from Ikevia come in and I asked her, I say, Hey, you ever met the founder? This guy, Dennis Gillings, he's the founder, you know, he sold it twice. He became a billionaire twice. He's awesome. I was curious. I was like, have you ever met him? I was so naive. I thought they knew the CEO of Ikevia. And she's like, oh, no, he's like the Wizard of Oz. Like, you're lucky to see him at an at like a corporate meeting behind like this big monitor. Like, yeah, yeah. you're lucky to just get a glimpse of yeah. him. Like, yeah. I thought you were just like first name basis with this guy. Yeah, like the wizard. You just see the back, back of the head. <laughs> Yeah, he's not CEO anymore. The, their CEO is some guy, some French dude, but I just listened to their earnings call. But man, okay, so your next small is the new big is the point of all this. But your next CRA role that you just got, walk us through that. What what was the opportunity you saw? And like, why did you move to another company? Uh, one of the most awesome experiences that I had was just my screening call, you know, that was supposed to be 20 minutes that lasted an hour. It's like I said, uh, when there's a connection and your building rapport, it becomes much more than can you do the job. Um, and that is what attracted me is that the expectation is that we're all going to be working together. Uh, there's a clear defined goal which was important as well. So there's a clear defined goal. Um, and then, you know, what was interesting was having a conversation about why they're looking to bring on, you know, full-time permanent um, CRA. Um, just 
to how I was speaking before, they want to know or feel or be confident that they're bringing someone on uh, that actually wants to be, you know, vested and invested into the project. Um, whereas they may not have been that confident uh, with the contract uh, with the contract uh, personnel that they had. Uh, so, I mean, they're literally looking for what I want, right? Um, so that was important as well. Um, and it's still med device as well, which is, uh, which is really interesting. And, and I think that it's really, um, really, it's really not spoken about a lot. Um, yeah. You know, really right now, you know, it's, it's oncology, it's COVID trials, um, you know, a lot of biologics. Like yeah, a lot of that, but, you know, really not speaking to uh, medical device, which, which is really important. Um, and it's a fairly new team that's kind of being built from the ground up. So, you know, I feel like I'm part of that foundation, you know, as we move forward as well. Um, so, so just having that really open and honest and raw, you know, initial phone screen, learning about me, the person core, when not just uh, what my skill set is and what do you think you can bring to the team, but you're actually learning about me and we're already seeing that there's so many um, things in common, uh, which makes office life a lot easier, a lot more fun um, and helps you through, you know, those those challenging times versus really not knowing someone. And now you're just managing to, you're, at that point, you're, you're more managing to a deadline uh, then you're actually managing to meet Corwin and how are we going to get to that deadline? So that that's very important um, to me. And, you know, the the interview process uh, was it's probably over the course of about three weeks or so. Did they find uh, you or you found them? Like, did they? Um, yeah, I, I applied directly uh, to them. Applied directly uh, to them. Uh, and they called me maybe about a week or so um, after afterwards. Uh, one of the most interesting and, and um, fun things that I really ever experienced was uh, I did a presentation. Uh, you did a pre some, at, at an interview? Yes. Well, yes. Um, I did a presentation um, to the team. There were about six people, I believe. It was a Zoom call. Um, and just did, did some slides. I did about seven or eight slides. Uh, and really it was one of those, uh, what sets you apart? Because what I, what I loved was they already know I can do the job. So it wasn't about, uh, what would you do in this situation? Uh, would this be a deviation? Would you just, you know, would you retrain the, the, the CRC? It wasn't anything like that. Yeah. I spoke to some experiences, um, you know, what happened, what was the situation, what was your role and, you know, how did it, uh, how did it end up? We had that discussion, but what I was able to speak to is why I'm different, uh, why I fit really the mold uh, that they're crafting and, and why I felt like as a, as an organization and for me, my role is going to help them again, uh, hit that, hit that end point, hit that end game. Um, hmm. And it gave me an opportunity really unfiltered uh, to kind of, speak about me you which, should have recorded that interview no man. i wasn't going to record it but i do have my slides but i wasn't going to record you it. have your slides still so what was like some of the main bullet points like what did you uh, what was your like key selling point like differentiating we got to give guru nation something you know you're going to inspire so many people by the way linkedin do you want people to connect with you on linkedin 
I, I don't really do LinkedIn. I have a I have a page, but there's like nothing on it other. Than I know. Like, I noticed. I know a cool profile picture. So if I you saw that. Hat, <laughs> that's like my dad's hat. You know, rest of soul. That's like my dad's hat uh, that I was wearing in that in that uh, in that picture. Um, I think I have. Yeah, when he passed. But but um, yeah, there's really nothing on my LinkedIn. I, I do follow a lot of uh, clinical research. You know, on my page and and stuff, but. I, w- I would say the key selling point potentially for them, but also for me is I was able to articulate, I need to be Corwin um, and this is who Corwin is. And quite honestly, people like, people like me, you know? Um, so uh, I don't uh, try to be better than anyone. I don't take the job too serious. Um, you can, what did I say? You can get more, more honey, more bees with honey than millions yep. or something like that. So, yep. uh, we all have a job to do, uh, right. Um, I don't take work home with me. I think that's very important. Um, and you need to know that, you know, I have to, I have a family, I have to, I kind of have to, re, you know, reset. Um, so, uh, you know, good employee, they say sometimes is a happy employee going the extra mile, um, and being accountable is really important as well. So, you know, giving giving experiences where you can articulate your failures and how you turn that into a success and a win, I think projects authenticity. Hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think that is uh, attractive. Uh, what about to, people who are like, you know what, Corwin, like I'm afraid to be myself because I don't think they want my real self i they want a projection of who they who i think they want me to be like that had to have been going through your head no or or did you have enough confidence from your last job to say you know what if they don't like me for who i am i'll just stay where i currently am i mean then it wasn't yeah then it wasn't the fit uh the thing is you can't put on if you have if you're interviewing let's say a small panel interview with three people uh, this was six. But let's say if you're in a in a small, more traditional sort of interview setting and you have a panel um, and you're not really being your true self, really what you're doing is you're kind of morphing yourself really to each individual person as they speak to you, as they may give their experience or their titles, as they may ask you questions, what their face may look like if it's the, if the monitor is actually working, you know, and you're, you're seeing looks on their face and you're trying to figure out, man, do they like this answer? Do they not? Uh, you know, when you're trying to be different people for, for different people, you kind of get confused, right? And you don't really know who you are. And at some point, they may not really know who you are. So that could be a turnoff because, you know, I think we've all been, I mean, I've interviewed and hired people and, and come out of an interview and said, man, I, I just, it's something, I don't really yeah. know if we got a feel for that person. Yep. I felt like they were just trying to give all the perfect answers. So as soon as you start trying to give all the perfect answers, you're kind of, you're kind of really setting yourself up because you know, clinical research, no one has all the, all the right answers. Um, so you have to be willing to, to grow and adapt. Right. And especially at a, I think at a smaller organization, like they really want to know who you are, like Ikevia, PPC, Neos, PPD, you know, they just need somebody to do a role, like mm-hmm. almost automated. And right. in a, a smaller company, especially at the sponsor level, they need somebody to grow with the company. 
So they real to them, it's very important. I can see why they had you do presentation like that because I know I like Ikevia, Sydneyos, PPD. They're not going to have you do those things. They're not going to have you do a presentation on Zoom unless it's for like a executive role or some higher <laughs> up role, but not for like in-house CRA or 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 even just a regular CRA. Yeah, I've had experience. Like I said, I've I've had experience whether it be just a screening call, whether it be quote unquote interview. Um, that lasted 25 minutes, but that's, but that's, that's actually what they wanted. You know, they needed to get through their eight questions. Um, they were already predetermined. It had really nothing to do with me. It just all had to do with whether or not I can check a box. Um, so in the, in the past, you said you, you knew you bombed some interviews after this one. Did you know you did good? Do you know you hit a home run? Um, I felt very confident. I felt confident. Um, I expected to, to receive uh, positive feedback. Um, but also, when they asked the question, if you have any questions, if you have anything that kind of comes across your mind, don't hesitate to reach out, call or email, they actually meant it. Hmm. Um, those, those emails or those phone calls were answered immediately. Um, because they were legitimate uh, questions, um, something that could impact me or my performance and, and obviously what they're looking for. So they actually got back to me um, and kind of gave, you know, a full, full case scenario of what that looked like. That was very reassuring. That means that there's, again, there's interest, but we want there to be transparency um, of what our expectation is. Uh, so that, like I said, those things are, are attractive to me. I think, yeah, I mean, thank you for the, thank you for the interview. I think, you know, after getting to know you here during the Zoom a little bit more, I think the, the passion that you have, like it's, it comes across as genuine, you know, and I don't, I don't think that's something you necessarily need at one of the bigger zeros. Like I said, mm -hmm. they just need some bodies. Like I listened to the fourth quarter earnings from Ikevia. The CEO literally said, we have 80,000 employees and we still need a couple thousand more this quarter. Like that's <laughs> yeah. literally bodies, right? If you, like we talked about listening for keywords, yeah. that's what he said. He basically is saying we need more bodies. And yeah. for someone like you, you know, you're, I guess you're more suited for one of these smaller companies where you can just grow with the with the company so i'm excited for you corwin i'm going to put your linkedin underneath the uh show notes so people can connect with you so maybe get ready for a bunch of people <laughs> reaching out but <laughs> let's do more let's do like a part two maybe we'll go live and do part two and take q a like in real time from from people out there but i really appreciate your time and i hope that your next CRA role that you're in right now is um, going to be rewarding, fulfilling and exciting for you. And you grow with the company and ultimately you do what's best for you, for your career. Corwin. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, that that's really the goal. And, and um, you know, I know that's what they're looking for. Uh, that's my intention. Um, you know, I like consistency uh, as well. Um, so it, it, it just seems to really be a really good fit. That's awesome. Uh, again, thank you. We'll do more. This was a great, we can go another hour, but you know, I know you got to go. 
and your office looks very busy behind yeah. you, right? Tell your coworkers <laughs> to get back to work. Yeah, uh, they cleared out until I was done. So <laughs> there's a guy behind you that hasn't moved for an hour. Uh, <laughs> but thank you, Corwin. I appreciate he's on, it. No, he's on. He's on the line with IT. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank I appreciate you. it. I appreciate it, Corwin. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, share. Go connect with Corwin. And we'll catch you guys later. Thank you, Corwin. You got it. Take care now.